Welcome to another episode of the Mechanomics Experience Podcast. On this podcast, we talk about the culture. We talk about economics. We talk about hustlers, creators, entrepreneurships, entertainers, and everything in that realm. On today's episode, we have Arthur Lee Burst, who has a ton of experience for working for Fortune 500 companies. So he's very versed in that department of working in a big business spectrum. And he has his own startup tech company as well that we're going to dive into and get a lot of good games. So let's get it started. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm with Arthur Lee, Arthur Lee Burris. You feel me? He is a businessman. He is a financially literate individual and he helps the community progressively to get better at their finances. So, man, if you will introduce your background and give a little backstory about who you are, Arthur, and what you like that people like to know about you. So, my background is in business, finance, um, operations, and technology. So, that's where the business side comes from. 26 plus years. I work for four Fortune 25 companies. Oh, that's amazing. Jeep, yeah, General Electric, <laughs> JP Morgan Chase, Microsoft, um, General Motors, and then um, PayPal. So okay. that's where all of my experience comes from working for you know those top-notch companies. And then that's where I honed my skills, um, you know, taking the initiative to keep learning. And now is how do I apply those learnings and transfer my knowledge, you know, with my tech startup. And helping other individuals, whether they're busy professionals or small businesses. Okay, excellent, excellent, excellent breakdown. So let's dive d- deeper into that. What is your tech startup? What is it about? What do you? What is the? What is the? Give the backstory about the tech startup. What you want to come up with the cops with that? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you the backstory first. So if I look at the three pillars of my life story, is advocating for me at my personal challenge, which is the start of the startup, and then advocating for others, which is the foundation of our business okay. so 1979 i'm 13 years of age you know parents of divorced parents you know a child of divorced parents and my mother was raising me since age five okay. and unfortunately you know or fortunately the way you look at it you know straight a student because you know she pretty much kept me isolated from the world pretty much mm-hmm. you know it's basically i just go to school i come home and that was pretty much my life i didn't even have you know i didn't have friends you know to play with so when i went to junior high school you know my play time with friends was you know during what we call recess or gym time at that mm-hmm. time in 1979 um so i used to play basketball and i guess i was pretty good because the coach came out and said hey you should stay after school and play for the you know try out for the basketball team mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, um, I have to get home after school. You know, I have a schedule. <laughs> and if I don't get home, you know, I'm going to get disciplined. So, you know, he, he was like, I'll write a note. You'll be okay. I'm like, okay. So this is on a Monday. And, of course, you know, I tried out for the team. I made the team. I get home. And I got disciplined. And during the course of that discipline, the belt buckle hit me in my left eye. Mm. And this was on a Monday. So if you fast forward, you know, my eye is starting to shut down. My mother says, if anyone asks, you know, just say it's pink eye, right? And by Friday, my left eye was just like, whenever you hit the light, it was just shutting, right? So one of my teachers, they were like, "Uh, I don't care what your mother says. I'm taking you to the nurse's office. Um, They took me to the nurse's office. And the nurse, you know, like, "Uh, I can't do anything. We need to send them to the hospital. And this is a Friday. And they sent me and I had emergency laser surgery on my left eye. And if I went one more day because the fluid was leaking out of my left eye, I would have lost the eyesight in my left eye. 
Um, so they consider that child abuse. I didn't know my father. I didn't know my father's side of the family until 21 years later, et cetera. So I was in juvenile hall for like two months. Mm. And my teacher fought to get me out of juvenile hall because, you know, it, like it's a straight A student. Um, she's bringing my schoolwork on a Friday, come pick it up on a Sunday just so I could stay on path to graduate from junior high school. And then after I graduated from junior high school, I stayed with her, you know, the courts allowed me to stay with her. And then, you know, my high school years, I, I was in the foster care system, you know, for that period of time. So I was in foster care, you know, for high school. And after high school, I went into the military for six years and came back and, you know, Air Force. And then I started my professional career. So if I fast forward, you know, 36 years to 2015, um, again, I would not have had that fabulous career without that teacher advocating for me. So then my personal challenge was as a busy professional, I was traveling from my home in Arizona and then I worked at PayPal headquarters in San Jose, California. So that means I left on a Sunday, came home on a Friday. My Saturday was spent. I go to the barber, get a face shave, head shave. I drop off dry clean, pick up dry clean, get the car washed, go buy food. Go get a manicure and pedicure every couple of weeks, right? And then wash the car. I mean, you know, clean the house. So by time Saturday's, you know, I'm done with all of that. My Saturday's done. And then I have to pack and get ready for the week, you know, the work week in, you know, San Jose, California. So my personal challenge was I'm a busy professional and I have this issue. There's got to be other busy professionals throughout the world, let alone in the United States, that have that same challenge. If you take it a step further, you know, I even ask, you know, people that are parents, you know, they work during the week, but then on the weekends, as you know, they have sporting events for their kids, right? Whether it's volleyball, softball, football, basketball, things of that nature. So when do they have time to take care of their personal care activities? You know, and then by the time you look up, those places are closed. You know, a lot of them are closed on Sundays, right? So I figure if you can order a ride through Uber with the push of a button, or you can order deliveries through Instacart through a push of a button, why not personal services at a push of a button? You know, mm -hmm. like your hairstylist, your manicure, your dog mm -hmm. walker, and all of that in one place. That's where Portiero was born. And Portiero, which is Portuguese, when you translate it from Portuguese to English, means concierge. So that's where Portiero, which is a lifestyle management marketplace was born. <laughs> ah, that's dope. That's dope as hell. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, part of our foundation is we're part of the Pledge 1% community. So 1% of our revenues goes back into those communities, you know, donating to special causes, specific causes. And then we contribute, you know, so in our next iteration, users like yourself and then small business owners, et cetera, when they transact in Portero, we contribute up to 1% um, per total transaction to causes that are specific or dear to them that they're passionate about. And this is our way of giving back to the communities. Okay. Okay. And did you, is there an app on it for, for the phone? Is it an app I can like download to use it in any market? Yes. So the oh. app is available throughout the U.S. right okay. now. Um, it's in the Apple App Store and it's downloadable in the Google Play Store. Okay. Um, so it is, it's been live since January working well um so we're progressing and you know so download it test it okay uh, you know definitely. Uh, definitely notify your audience you yes, know your sir. listeners you know if they're small business owners 
you know, they would sign up to be a partner, tell them to sign up for the launch plan so they can um, bypass our monthly subscription fee and then they just pay a higher marketplace fee. But I want them to try it out. And the mm -hmm. value for your business owners, you know, as a partner is we pay the payment processing fee. So this is our way of simplifying the selling experience because we pay the payment processing fees, which saves an average about 3% per transaction. Mm -hmm. And then as consumers, you know, sign up as a member, they will sign up as a, under a lifestyle plan. Again, um, you know, the convenience fee is a little bit higher, but they'll bypass the monthly subscription. But our whole objective is to simplify the finding and buying experience and then make it easier because then, you know, depending on your lifestyle, you can schedule your recurring services at one time. And you don't have to worry about that anymore because it's already scheduled. Your services come to you whenever you set up that frequency. You never have to pick up your phone or app again um, to schedule services. And then you pay an app. So that's the beauty of it. Can you hear me the connection off briefly? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> okay, my next question. Okay, so now you said you had a long, you have a long, extensive experience career for Fortune 500 and companies of that nature. What do you think are like the big three biggest things that you've learned to help you grow as a businessman today that you feel like have like are engraved in you? What are the three biggest things that you learned having the experience of working at that high of a level? Experience as far as working or the experience as, as far, far as how as it helped you develop as a businessman yourself and how it has it helped you translate in the tech field. Mm -hmm. So number one is going to be you have to have the drive and the perseverance to learn, right? Okay. If you don't have the drive and perseverance to learn, you're never going to meet your objective goals, whether it's life or entrepreneurial, because as you know, especially in the tech industry, it's constantly changing, right? You can have a technology is out today and then next week is pretty much it's over. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so you got to stay on top of it. So, yeah. you know, one thing I learned is always um, persevere and always keep learning, right? Mm -hmm. So volunteering, to learn other aspects of businesses, partnering with other individuals to learn what they do is going to be key to yourself. So that'd be number one. Number two is partnering. Partnerships is going to be key. So if there's anything that it will probably be number one, but as an individual, it's going to be learning, right? Number two is going to be partnerships. If you are not able to partner with others, whether strategically or whether indirectly, you're not going to survive in this very creative, active, global environment, right? The key is partnerships. Even your top Fortune 500 companies or Fortune 1,000 companies, or more, all of them, they all have partnerships, right? PayPal partners with banks, right? Banks mm -hmm. partner with, you know, Apple and things like that. So if you don't have any partnerships, your distribution model is going to be very slow and helping you increase your business value, whether it's just reaching out to customers, et cetera. So, you know, the first two, first one is always learn and persevere. The second one, of course, is partnerships. Number three is, is always, always be marketing, always be willing to talk to your customers. Like me being on podcasts with you mm -hmm. is a way to market myself and market as an individual and get the word out because people need to hear your story, right? Mm -hmm. If they don't understand your story, 
and then they don't understand what you're doing to help community as a whole, you're probably not going to be um, sought after. You're probably not going to want to use your products or services because there has to be a connection to the community. There has to be a community feel. So that would be the number three part is you have to establish a community by, you know, whether your relationships with individuals through marketing or like podcasts and interviews like this. Okay. Okay. That's great. That's great. Insight. That's great. Insight. Okay. Now you seem like now. Okay. Another question is like, you seem like I, I tell people like what I'm trying to develop and I tell people like, like mindset is so important because mindset allows you to make the action to take your things to the next step. And I feel like with your experience and with the way you just everything about you, your mindset just seems like on point. Like, is there any events in your life that really like shaped your mindset to feel like, where you can achieve things of working at a company like that, build a tech business, things of this nature? It goes back to 1979, age 13, that I overcame child abuse. You know, mm. I overcame foster care, you know, and I persevered because I could have easily got lost in the system. You know, yes, someone gave me opportunity, right? They gave me opportunity to keep continuing my education and I kept continuing, right? So the key is opportunities, but um, that's part of it is, you know, there's that foundation of I'm on my own. I thought I was on, I didn't know my other side of my family. Right. So I could have easily got lost in the system, become part of the street life, you know, in Los Angeles at an early age. Um, but I, I rose above it. I persevered and kept pursuing. And eventually someone gave me the opportunity, you know, post-military. And like I said, I kept persevering and learning. Right. So those events shaped my life, um, especially through my corporate career, mm -hmm. because all I had to lean on was myself, right? I figure if I did not progress well and pursue the knowledge and keep learning more and more about the business, I would not have survived because I, I was alone in the world. Mm -hmm. So that kind of shaped me as far as how do I take my knowledge and the knowledge of the team that we have on our team and transfer those capabilities to help others? Because without helping others, if someone would not have advocated for me, I would not achieve what I achieve. Now this is my way of giving back. Okay. That's a great, that's great, that's great. Now, this is a question I got. I got a question because we, it's, a, it's, a, it's an age gap and experience thing. So I want to know, living in 2022, and let's just say 40 years ago, 1980, 82, because this is before my time. I was born in 95, right? What are the two, like, what are three of the biggest things just ultimately that you've seen just in life in general? Because you have a wisdom of experience that I can learn from you. From me. So I just want to know, and, you're, and I'm always trying to learn from the past. What are the three biggest things just in 1982 in general? We can go anywhere you want to go with it. Three, the three biggest things from going from 1982 to 2022 that you see just in life in general. You can go anywhere you want with it. I just want to pick your brain on that aspect. What are the biggest differences? So the biggest difference in the past 40 years? Yes. Definitely technology has changed technology. a lot, right? <laughs> I mean, I graduated in 1984. We didn't, you know, mobile phones at that time were uh, just coming out, 
in a sense. You know, we had the big brick phones back in the day. Mm-hmm. The I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember. <laughs> yeah, we had the big brick phone. We didn't have the flips back there, right? So, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Ataris were out back there. We had joysticks, you know, playing Pac-Man and everything. So <laughs> technology has grown, right? You know, like you got real life individuals when you're playing these video games and everything. And we didn't have video connection like this right now, right? We had, we had telephones with the cords on it. It was just going to cordless back in the day. So um, technology has definitely changed a lot in, in the past 40 years. Um, you see it in everyday lifestyle. You see it in everyday homes. You see it in your vehicles, for set, right? You, you don't have the backup cameras back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. You have to rely on eye distance, you know, people exactly. backing up in the cars and poles and everything else. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Uh, I think um, in the last 40 years, even though there's been disengagement throughout the world and and different events, I think there's more community feels as long as individuals are open to. And I think that's the key, right? People are starting to come together as communities to make impacts in their local communities, um, whether it's through charities, whether it's through business ventures, whether, like you said, financial literacy, because if you don't educate your community you're not going to thrive as well so i think i see a little bit more of that in the past 40 years um the other one is the global openness of e-commerce right Mm -hmm. you didn't have websites like you do now where you can shop and order clothing or car parts or food and everything you know across the world and have it shipped and then you know you have food on demand and car on demand and you know, all of this. We didn't have that, right? It was a phone call or you had to drive, right? So um, I think that's a lot is the technology aspect is, is going to be the key, but the global aspect, right? Mm-hmm. The openness of connecting with individuals um, is actually more prevalent now than ever before. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense too, because like you were saying, with technology and with the internet, with internet as a whole, like that's like people's lives now. Like there's some people like like they only know the internet era. Like I was just talking to like my little cousin the other day. And, like 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 when Instagram started like ten years ago, like I, it wasn't too big. Like I wasn't too big on it, so I grew up without it, with it. You feel me? But like my little cousin, he like 15. All he knows is Instagram. All he knows is TikTok. All he knows is YouTube. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. That's all you know. It's like it's just funny to see how the different generations are. So that's dope. Like I like the interpersonal connection uh, within that one. Now, uh, do you reside in uh, uh, you reside in uh, California? I heard you said you had an Arizona home. Did you ever live to? You used to live in Arizona. Yeah, I used to live in Arizona. Actually, two different times. I lived in Arizona from '95 to '97, and then most recently from 2014 to uh, 2021 last year. So I sold my home uh, March of last year, and then um, I relocated back home to Los Angeles, and I've been here for a year. Which is home for me. So, what uh, did you experience in Arizona over seven years? I've heard people say Arizona has gone a lot. What did you feel like Arizona grew the most from 2014, 2000? Well, actually, from 97, 2021. Like, what, what do you say? What was your takeaway from Arizona? You know, Arizona has grown a lot. I mean, because you know, you have the warm weather, so people you know always had um, individuals that moved from the East Coast or cold weather states that's habitual. They would move there during the winter awesome. months because of the warm weather, right? Exactly. But what you have seen grown in Arizona is uh, commerce. You know, commerce has grown. A lot of 
Now the black community has grown and then a lot of people just individually moving there because mm -hmm. the cost of living at that one point of time was better, but it's increased over time because yeah. now <laughs> we have the influx of individuals um, moving from California and Washington and other, you know, um, high cost of living states. And now that's driving up the cost there in Arizona. So you're at an inflection point right now where people will have to come together as a community to try to figure out how to make sure that their communities thrive and um, obtain the goals that everyone needs to obtain. And like you said, financial literacy, that's going to be very important at the youth level now because the home prices are not going to stop. Exactly. The rent prices are not going to stop. They're going to keep going up. Wages are pretty stagnant. They're not increasing. So you're either going to have to generate multiple streams of income to survive, you're gonna to have to figure out what the base you, you know, the basis is for survival. And then what is those additional things that you wanna learn and keep learning. And the good thing about technology and the global aspect is you no longer have to look for a job in the local environment, right? Mm -hmm. You can seek jobs overseas, you can seek jobs remotely, you know, here in the US or whatever. So I think that's the beauty of it, but mm -hmm. it starts with education. Yeah. And speaking of jobs, like I'm seeing this trend. Now you're breaking up. <laughs> if someone's uh oh shit. Okay. If someone's a complete beginner, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was saying, like, what I was saying is, I'm like, you, you're speaking of jobs, individual, and everything. And I've seen it's this trend on Twitter that says it talks about Black tech Twitter, and they're trying to get a lot of individuals into the tech field. You feel me? But not just with coding and developing, but other areas. You feel me? So it's this. I'm a, let's say I'm a complete bigger beginner, and I want to get maybe a, a mid a $150,000 tech job, but I don't want to code or develop. What lane and what app? So there's a, and there's a, yeah, you're breaking up. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, perfect, yeah, yes sir. Okay. So there's a lot of different fields in technology, right? Like my background is in IT operations, right? So I'm not a coder or a developer. But I'm a, I'm a business major. So my business, uh, my major was in, I got to have an MBA, straight MBA, and also focus on statistics, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm more from the analytical, but I'm also innovative side as well, creative. So there's a lot of different fields of technology. If you have a business degree, you have an engineering degree, you know, finance degree, all of those different capabilities are needed in a technology companies. You could be an HR individual, you could be a sales individual, you could be a marketing individual. You don't necessarily have to be in a coder or a developer to get into, you know, the Google, the Apple, the Amazon, the Microsoft. They need every single capability in order to thrive as an organization. So that's the that's the understanding that people need to know is there's there's 14 to 15 capabilities that you need to meet a strategic objective, and all major companies need all of those capabilities. So you don't have to be a technologist in order to work in a technology field. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Hmm. 
Have you ever thought of hosting like a tech seminar or anything like that to like 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 a black tech summit or anything of that nature? Have I been to one? I mean, have you ever thought about hosting one? I feel like you would be. I, I would love to. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I you know whether it's local there in Arizona, I, I could come back and host one, and then you know definitely here in LA, there's a, yeah. there's a big startup community here. You know, I'm part of a founder community on Twitter, you know, and we're all interacting with individuals all throughout the world because we all have various degrees of experience that we lend to other founders and other individuals that are aspiring entrepreneurs. And I will be more than welcome to be part of a panel there in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to put that together because I just keep seeing, I keep seeing like, like the tech industry is going. I just read it. I read a. I read a like a statement that said it's like it's not going to stop slowing down for the next five years because tech is going to continue to grow. And it's just that's like it's a booming thing. So it's like if you can get a start on it. And I'm, I told my sister, I'm like, you should really look into getting into tech because it's here to stay. And just look around. You, everything you do on a daily basis is dealt with tech. Your life, like if I if I can't find my phone for five minutes, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> you know. So it's like. Taking everything, so that's dope. That's a dope way to look at it. You feel me? So. Yeah, and and you know, I I was born in '66, so I I grew up on the Jetsons. So a lot of people don't don't realize, you know, the cartoons and the TV shows back then. Like I used to read a lot of science fiction books, and the science fiction book, Isaac Asimov, H.G. Wells, stuff like that. Everything that happened in the '60s and '70s, whether they're on TV shows or movies or cartoons, they're actually happening now. Right. Right. Everything that, that was like far fetched back then is being realized. Um, so that lets you know the trans, um, um, the, the, the transformation, uh, you know, over the last 50, 60 years to this point where we're at now, that um, everything that was imaginative there is actually real life now. So it's not stopping, right? The yeah. next 50, 60 years. We're probably going to be in flying vehicles. We're probably yeah. going to be living in space. Yeah. Pro- and I'll say, I, you know, you'd probably be growing your own food and cultivating yeah. uh, things like that. That um, you definitely be working from your bubble in space or whatever the case yeah. may be. You know, that's not too far off. It's not too far fetched, honestly. It might sound crazy to people now, but when you just look at the progression of science and you just look at how like the big major tech companies are moving. It is, it's just going to play out like this. So it's like, I mean, look at Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, where they're, they're looking to how do we adapt life in, in outer space and different planets, right? You know, so now they're creating these rockets and, and ships to go into outer space. And then next is, you know, land and how do you colonize? How do you create a community out there, right? It's not that far away. Not that far away. It's been it's probably happening in the next 40, 50 years. Honestly, that's going to be crazy. Imagine that's having a-, a party. And Mars, they're going to Mars party. <laughs> yeah. yeah, New Year's party in Mars, right? Like I'm going to Mars for New Year's, right? I'm celebrating 2066 at Mars. You, you on this journey with me? Yeah. I don't want to hold you for too long, man. I do appreciate you uh, for coming on this platform. Do any last minute sentiments, and what can what can the people find you at? Last words are keep persevering help others and, you know, just keep building communities. You know, things like you're doing is very grateful. You know, I'm grateful for the opportunity. So, you know, I'm grateful, you know, really, I am grateful for the opportunity to communicate. Where they can find me, hey, you know, look through the business, Potero app, 
P-O-R-T-E-R-I-E. Let me get it right now. Yeah, screen. you need to download it now. I'm going to download it right now. No. Tell your tell your audience. Okay. So it's P-O-R-T-E-R-I-E. P-O-R-T-E-I-T-E-I-R-O. T-E-I-R-O. Yeah, so yeah, you on the App Store or the Google Play? You're breaking up. You're breaking up. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, can you spell that one more time for me? Because I just. So P O R. P O R. T E I. T E I. R O. Oh, okay. I see the story. Yes, sir. Yeah. So you should have like a. So, yeah. So download it, sign up as a member, and then tell your friends. But where they can find me at is our Twitter handle, our Facebook handle, our Instagram handle. Yes, that's it. Is Potero app P P O R T E I R O A P P. Those are our handles, and then we're also on Facebook as Potero as well, and uh, that's where you can locate me and find us. We're also on LinkedIn. Connect with us. Ask me any questions. Um, if you have any questions about you know downloading or onboarding the app, again for our small businesses, solopreneurs, we're paying. We're eliminating fees to receive payments. So contact me. Um, how I can help you save some money that way. And then for our you know, users, our busy professionals, this is a way to simplify your lifestyle. So I'm glad to help out. Yes, sir. Okay, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on this here. I'm going to stay in contact with you. I'm going to follow them, get the people hit to the Vittorio platform, and we're going to talk later, man. Keep it going, man. You have a great rest of your evening. Now. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Mecca. You have a good one. You too. Have a great day. Yes, sir. Right, bye. Finally, y'all, if y'all find value in this podcast episode or any episodes previous to this to this Mechanomics podcast in general, if you find value and you really appreciate it, I would really appreciate you guys if you guys could like or comment on the podcast and give it a review and just give give it 15 to 30 seconds or however you feel, take your time out. I would greatly appreciate if you can do that, man. I would be greatly appreciated. I continue to give y'all excellent value, but it's going. So Mechanomics, I ain't come to play. Gang, gang.